So we're in this Walk the Walk series, and, you know, I, just, I always like to kind of open up a little bit and, and, and just make mention as we're going through each one of these weeks and the subject matter, overall, just sort of the, the heart around the message, you know, and I'm just really passionate about genuine, authentic Christianity in our world today. It drives me crazy when I see fake, phony Christianity. I can't stand it when I see people getting hurt by the church in the name of Christianity. It's just, I'm just on a mission against that, you know, and I have an opportunity to speak about it, and so I'm going to. And I was just watching in the press this week, there's this senator, and just kind of demonstrating like what gets me riled up, right? There's this senator from Carolina, I forget if it was North or South, I don't even remember his name, but this guy has made a career for years and years. I think he's been a politician for nearly 30 years. And he has made his career as being a staunch advocate of limiting gun rights for the average person. He's, he's very much into gun control. He doesn't want us you know, to have weapons, no matter what your opinion is on that. That's just the way he feels about it, which, whatever, fine. Have your opinion and your belief, okay? But... He just had an incident this last week where some intruder broke into his home and he shot the man. No joke, no, shot the guy that in, broke into his home. I, can't, I don't remember if the person ended up dying or not, but shot the intruder with a weapon, a handgun that he had in his house that he was personally owning. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is just crazy. This is what I'm talking about, right? You say one thing, you do the other. Do what I say, not what I do. I just... And I'm not trying to slam politicians or nothing. I just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like, you know, there's a major disconnect for people. And this one rubs me wrong because these are supposed to be our leaders. These are supposed to be people that I want my kids to look up to. These are supposed to be people that I, my kids can look at and the bar can be set. And I can say, hey, you know what? These people are the ones you want to emulate. And it's just not the case. And so we've got to rise up as the church, get our voice back, be the most influential group in society, in our land, and to be able to represent Christianity authentically and genuinely. Because when we do, there's power, there's influence and let's just face it the only real answers that we're going to find for the matters that pertain to this life that don't fade that don't crumble and don't fall apart under pressure and stress are right here in this book that's where they are and we've got to live in a way that's consistent with what the things in this word are telling us to do right walk the walk so let's do this let's open up our bibles today actually i'm reading from the amplified version here i've been doing that a little bit lately i like it a lot in james chapter 2 I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. So if you don't have an Amplified Bible, go ahead and go get one. <laughs> and then you can read along with me today in the screen behind me. All right. My brethren, pay no servile regard to people. Show no prejudice, no partiality. Do not attempt to hold and practice the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, together with snobbery. See, there it is. I told you it was in the Bible, right? That's our subject today. Don't be a snob. I'm looking forward. This one's going to be fun. Verse 2, for if a person comes into your congregation whose hands are adorned with gold rings and who is wearing splendid apparel, and then also a poor man in shabby clothes comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who wears the splendid clothes and say to him, sit here in this preferable seat, while you tell the poor man, stand there or sit there on the floor at my feet. Are you not discriminating among your own and becoming critics and judges with wrong motives? 
Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to anoint me today. God, help me to preach your word, just as JJ was saying earlier. Help us all to just hear a message from you that speaks right to our heart. It's timely, it's fitting, and it's empowering for the days and the times that we're living in now. Let it impact each person here individually in their own lives and help it to build up and esteem your church for the movement that's happening in this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So don't be a snob. Nobody likes a snob, right? Everybody just, I mean, snobbery is one of the most, uh, the biggest turnoffs. It's kind of the most distasteful things of a personality trait that we kind of come across. I think if you ask just about anybody, they would say, no, I don't like a snob, even though a lot of people that say that are actually being that way themselves, right? So listen to this. This is the definition of a snob. This is just out of the dictionary. I've actually pulled two to kind of open this up. First one says, it is a person with an exaggerated respect for high social position or wealth who seeks to associate with social superiors and dislikes people or activities regarded as lower class. Hmm. Second one says, a snob is a person who believes that there is a correlation, get this, between social status and human worth. The term also refers to a person who believes that some people are inherently inferior to him or her for any one of a variety of reasons, including real or supposed intellect. These are all different reasons that I've, I've seen these exact situations where people can display that arrogance or that snobbery in these type of uh, situations. Intellect, wealth, education, that's a, that's a big one today, right? Anybody that's not highly educated is just uninformed and they're kind of looked down on ancestry power physical strength class taste beauty nationality fame extreme success of a family member or friend etc i mean that just about tells you right there what what we're talking about this idea and this notion that people are in any way lessened in value or less esteemed in terms of their worth based on any kind of reason that we just named off or even any more that you could find. They're just, you know, they don't make enough money or they don't hang out with the right people or they don't drive the right cars or they don't, you know, work at the right place. It's just, you can go on and on and on. And, and, and there's just as many people that are a part of the church that walk in this kind of sin of, of snobbery or arrogance, or as the Bible refers to, is called partiality. Just as many people, that they'll, they'll come to church, you know, and they'll hang out and everything's great and we all love each other, and then they'll go out and the, the rest of the six and a half days of the week, they'll just they'll have their nose turned down at people or they'll treat people uh, lower than them or they're, they'll just devalue them, uh, you know, criticize them in ways. It's just, and it's just, it's bad. It's not good. It's a turn off and it pushes people away. And it drives me crazy when we see these kind of things happening, not only just people in the world, you know, outside the church, but it's most certainly people inside the church because James is saying right here, it's the serious sin that we have to deal with with and he even goes as far as to say when he opens it up he or in verse 8 he talks about how you know that anytime you commit a sin anytime you break the the law he's talking about the law of Moses right anytime you commit a sin that you basically you're a violator of the sin 
And he's saying it doesn't matter if someone sins here or sins there or they fall in this or they fall in that. When one of us sins somewhere, we all sin. There's no ranking or classification system when it comes to sin with God. Now, we tend to do that a little bit ourselves, but let me just tell you, and I know that there's a certain part of that that we're kind of just prone to do, but just be aware when you start to rank people's sin and try to kind of size it up to make you feel better about your sin, we immediately start getting ourselves into trouble there. And it talks about that in other places in the Bible, but James addresses it here, and I think it's interesting that he does because he puts it right on the heels of, this, of these scriptures about not being a snob. And what he's, I think he's really trying to say is, look, there's all these other things we're going to talk about, but let's just deal with this issue of snobbery and arrogance because this is just as bad of a deal. This is just as much of an issue as anything else that we're talking about and, and commend, commanding you to not go out there and sin in or do as you're, as you're walking uprightly with the Lord, right? Now, it's crazy, but do you know, I mean, even, even pets can kind of be snobs. You ever notice that? Especially cats, like I don't know, no offense if you're like a cat lover, but I mean, I've seen cats where they just like, they just like, I don't know how they walk with their nose up in the air and their eyes forward and they won't have nothing to do with me. I mean, they just, I've had family, you ever see that movie Lady and the Tramp? You remember those Siamese cats that were like, we are Siamese. And man, they were like biggest snobs as you could get. You know, ooh, I just go back to the anger message now here and re listen to that one. You know, and, and even, but even, even pets can be snobs. And it, there's actually probably something to that, right? I mean, p that type of stuff, it's kind of like, it sort of just taints the atmosphere. You know, it just kind of gives it a flavor that's just not right when somebody's got that attitude about them. It sort of just brings the quality of all of the other things that are happening. If you've got a group of people, a conversation, whatever it may be, it just kind of sticks out and it just sort of sours the flavor of everything. I don't know about you. It does for me, you know. And I just learned a long time ago. In fact, I was brought up this way, thank God. But, but just growing strong, reading the Word, you know, I learned a long time ago it really is all about how we treat people along the way. We've all got great big callings on our lives, huge purposes and plans. I mean, you hear me talk about this all the time, right? We've all got a purpose, and God's really empowering us to live out our destiny, to make an impact and to influence people in this world. But I've learned that it's really about how we treat people along the way. Because we can get in a hurry, even in the name of our destiny, and think that we're trying to be efficient and productive. And I'm not saying you don't do those things. But I can tell you for certain that if walking in that or trying to pursue any agenda or any intention, purpose, or goal causes you to violate this thing right here where you treat people, where you devalue someone or there's any kind of snobbery that's going on in the way you conduct yourself, you've, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line every time. And I can say that to you with boldness because God is consistent and he's true in his character. He's never changing. And so if he says here, we're never to conduct ourselves where we treat people with partiality. We're never to be a snob. We're never to see ourselves above anyone or treat someone as less than us. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere or what the, the circumstances are, there's never a reason where God would permit us to do this, 
right? So we are to conduct ourselves in a way where we walk in this steadily, where we do not ever devalue anyone or treat anyone in any way that would be classified as partiality or snobbery. So he starts out in, this, in these verses, and I think this is really cool because he gives an example. He actually gives two examples, and we're going to look at both of these because there's two different situations that go on here that James is saying can, list, can literally be classified as like snobbery or this type of partiality. And the first one I just call don't be stuck up. Don't be stuck up. Or, or I'm sorry, don't suck up. And, and in here... This guy comes into the church and he's wearing all this apparel and all these gold rings and this jewelry and stuff. And, he, and he's saying that there's people in the church that would treat this person, here, have a, have a good front seat, you know, and kind of hang around them and want to just like flatter them with their words and all these things. Now, in these times, those kind of uh, things, gold rings and jewelry, that was a very evident display of nobility. This was a person with wealth, probably power, influence. This was somebody that could make something happen if they wanted to in society. And so what he's saying here, now today, people can kind of fake that stuff a lot. You know, they can put a lot of that stuff on to give the appearance of that because they want to be esteemed that way. But, that, but regardless, so he's saying that when you see people like that, it's to, to flatter them or to try to suck up or to basically do things to try to promote any kind of like personal agenda where there's some sort of self-seeking there. There's some sort of motive. We're hoping to maybe get something out of that. Maybe this person can promote me in some way or even, even more so it could be just as simple as I just want to be seen hanging around this person. I just want people to see me talking to someone like this because this kind of looks good for me, right? And James, I mean, he's just, he's coming right out and saying this stuff is wrong, right? And you don't ever know what's really going on behind the scenes. I, I mean, let me give you an example, okay? You never really know what people are all about by appearances. So you can't go by that stuff and, and, and treat people in a way that's linked to what they visibly appear, thinking that there's something that would, you would be able to get out of that. So I have this Rolex watch that I wear, and it's probably like a four or $5,000 watch. And it's funny, no, just hang on for a second. So just hang on, hang on. You definitely want to hear the rest of this one. And it's funny because I've had so many different, like, responses from people when they see that I have a Rolex or they know that. Like, I've had people be like, oh, wow, pastor can afford a Rolex. Pretty nice. Okay. Must be all about the money there. And I've had people, like, make an impression of me about that. I've also, when I had business meetings, you know, I'd go out to lunch with people and stuff and it's often pretty well expected if they see my watch and I'm going to pick up the check. So, I mean, I had all these different things. But listen, I won this watch, okay? In 2005, I was the top regional sales manager for my company in the entire Midwest Territory, and I won this thing. This was an award, right, for performance. It had nothing to do. I didn't go pay for this. But it's just my point is that people can arrive at these conclusions so quickly based on appearance, and then before they've even really solidified those conclusions, they're already moving forward into actions. 
and behaviors that are already moving down a path that eventually can very easily slip into this thing that James is talking about here today, right? He's saying you can't, you can't be that way um, just by appearances only. You can't, don't suck up to people because you think that they're, they're valued higher based on what they wear or what they, what they do. How about like what kind of car people drive, right? I mean, I've been a teenager before, and so you're getting ready to go out on a Saturday night or whatever with one of your buddies, and he pulls up to get you, and he's driving his, mom, his mom's beat-up wagon or whatever. You're like, whoa, dude, okay, I don't know. Which party are we going to? Are we just laying low tonight or what, you know? I just can't stand this stuff, you know. It's <clears throat> sucking up. It's like it just makes me want to puke, right? It's just I don't like it when people do that, and it's not something that is becoming of what we should be walking in if we're walking uprightly and just walking in the things of God. And James says here in in chapter three, I don't have this scripture in there today, but he says where every where envy and self seeking exist, every evil thing are there. And if there's any kind of self-seeking, self-promotion going on in the way we treat people, we're not treating people right just for the simple fact that we should value everyone and respect everyone. When we're doing it for selfish purposes or selfish reasons, that there's confusion and there's all kinds of things wrong with that picture that start to get us into trouble. It's a slippery slope. Has anybody ever seen the, um, those shows, the one was like Undercover Millionaire? You ever seen that? Where there's like a group of people and one guy's dressed up or a gal is dressed up and like looks like they're very modest or maybe even poor and really they're secretly like a multi-millionaire and and you just watch the behaviors of people. And then you have somebody that's really not a millionaire that they've got all decked out making it look like they're dressed up to impress and everything. And you just watch how the people behave and how they treat the, the, the different people in that group. And, and most certainly you see, and of course this is for ratings and entertainment, but this happens, right? Where they're treating the person that's esteemed with supposed wealth and value, treating them so great, sucking up to them and everything else. And then the person that looks like they're poor, they, they, they don't even have the time of day. They're just short in their conversation. They kind of just look down on them. They sort of snub their nose at them. And just the way it goes. And then all of a sudden at the end, the part we all love happens where the millionaire reveals themselves and then the person feels like an idiot, right? But this happens in life where we don't realize that we're actually... We're actually around people that we have the, the wrong impressions of on a pretty consistent basis. We draw conclusions, but th there's so much more that's happening behind the scenes or that makes up a person's identity and what goes on in their life or what their story is that we never have the real picture of. And, and that's okay. We're never going to know all the details, but the point is, is we can't make strong assumptions about people's value based on appearance and then treat certain people one way and treat other people another way. Look, Jesus said, he said that you need to love others as you love yourself. So he's saying right here, there's no conditions on this thing. You don't just treat certain people well and with respect and with value and other people not. There's no conditions on this. The Bible even says that 
there is no partiality with God. So God himself has no, is no respecter of persons. He'll bless anyone that has a seeking, humble heart. And he's not conditional in any way, which is the way he chooses to go about it. And we're called to walk and do the same things according to the nature of God that's in us. So he's saying, look, there's no conditions on this thing. Listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 13, this is just like one of those little scriptures, two verses. They're just kind of packed in there. And then the, the, the author just sort of moves on after that. But you're like, whoa, what was that all about? Two verses that are just huge. And then he just moves on and doesn't address it again. But he says in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, let brotherly love continue don't forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, you have unwittingly entertained angels. Wow. Let that sink in for just a second. This is not a metaphor. This is not a metaphor. That word in the Greek is an angelic being that is not a human being. It happened to Abraham and Sarah. They entertained angels in the company. They had a dinner with them. Didn't realize that that was happening. Just think about for a second that you might have crossed paths with an angel. It is possible. Think about the fact that you might cross paths with an angel. The point of this is you don't ever really know what is going on, who you're in contact with. That's why you treat everybody with value and with respect. You esteem them if the, that they are, they are valuable and they have worth because Jesus died for them the same he did for you and I. His blood covers them the same way it covers me and you. They're not any less clean than I am or you are or Billy Graham is when the blood of Jesus washes over us. We're all the same value and worth in the eyes of God. And if we're not treating people that way, then we are somehow missing the mark. James is coming at this really hard because he understands that, listen, we're at a time where the church is pushing people away. People are getting a false bill of goods from supposed leaders of the church, and they're getting the wrong thing. This partiality, this snobbery stuff, it stinks. We got to do away with it. How we do that? We get the leaders to rise up and make a stand and say, we won't tolerate it. We won't live like this. We're going to live right. And eventually that influence will continue on down and more and more people will be walking in the way Jesus commands us to, right? No, no snobbery, no stuck-upness. The next thing he talks about is he talks about the poor man that's here, not the guy with all the rings and all the jewelry and the bling-bling, right? He's talking about the poor man that comes in, and they basically don't give him the time of day. They push him off to the side. They want him to sit in the back, Whatever, stand, yeah, sit at my feet, like he somehow doesn't deserve a place. And all I can tell you is that very few things cut deeper to the soul of a person than devaluing them and degrading them, no matter who the perpetrator is. We are human beings. We are, we are made up of spirit and emotions. And those things cut to the core when people are hurt by them. And it's going to happen, but I would just say it's not something that I ever want to be in a position where I know I've cut somebody because I've devalued them or I've hurt them in any way. 
And it really drives me nuts that this is actually happening in young people, like in kids nowadays, more and more. It's like it gets younger and younger and younger on down the line. I see some of the way even like little, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds treat each other, calling them fat or, you know, just all kinds of, you, you know, things. It's like, golly, I hate that, you know? And I just, it bothers me, but we've got to do something about it. We've got to stand up and we've got to make a stand and we've got to make sure we're doing the things that we're called to do so we're living right so other people can see the right example. I remember when I was in school, my, uh, my mom actually did have this station wagon, as a matter of fact. It was this horrid peach color. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. And I, I'm just, I'll be honest, I used to dread, like, if we missed the bus, I would just do whatever I could, fake the, the fever, you know, the fever trick where you put the thermometer in the, in the light, and then it's like 115, and you're like, whoa, and you're shaking it down, and I mean, I did whatever I could, because I would pull up, look, this is for real, I'd pull up, I'd get out, and I'd walk in, and people would just, the kids, you know, I was in third, fourth grade, the sixth graders would be laughing, making fun, nice car, <laughs> you know, and it's just... <laughs> wounded man come on you guys are insensitive here no and uh and it just used to drive me crazy I went to a I went to a private high school for a little while and uh some of the kids there when they found out that I lived out in Jefferson County they, they called me Hoosier all the time like ah Hoosier you know and it's like I just I, I couldn't get away from it it was like just because I lived there I played hockey, I played sports, I, I got great grades. I mean, I worked hard, you know, and I just couldn't seem to get away from that with a bunch of people. No matter what I would have done, I never would have. That's kind of the point, you know, is that unfortunately, so many people these days, they, they act this way. They treat other people this way. This is a way that is, it's, it's something that is regards how we treat other human beings. That's why it's such a big issue with James. Because we've got to treat people in a way that's attractive, that makes them want to know Jesus, that makes them want to know what the church is all about, that makes them see a life and say, well, that person's life lines up with what that Bible says. So there's integrity and there's consistency and there's alignment there. And these things happen not in just in grade schools or in high schools. They happen in the workplace. They happen everywhere. They happen everywhere, right? And, and I'm preaching this now today because I'm just saying, look, we're, we're a people that we, if we conduct ourselves right, there will be something attractional and influential there that will, other people will take notice of. And I love that. Like, one of the great things I, I love hearing, it means so much to me, is back to the whole you never know who you're around thing. I'll, get, I'll hear stories all the time, especially now in this community where everybody seems to know each other, right? But you hear stories where like, oh, yeah, such and such was just telling me they ran into you the other day. Oh, yeah, you were down in what you know it's a store. Oh, oh yeah, I was, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you, you know, said you were a really great guy, you know, and you're just really nice and stuff. I just, you don't even know. Like, that really encourages me. Because you can lose it really fast. You don't know where you're at sometimes, you know. And you, all of a sudden you treat somebody wrong or you do this the wrong way. And, and before you know it, it kind of comes back around on you, you know. But it's so 
if we conduct ourselves just regularly and consistency, consistently like this, we will build a life of integrity. We will build a life of influence. And more and more of the people that we associate with, that we come across, even if it's just for a moment or if it's for a long period of time, there will be some sort of foundation that's laid upon something good and something solid that will allow us an opportunity to really share the words of hope and encouragement that people actually can grab on and, and hang on to and put their feet on something solid. But we have to really earn the right in the lives of people to be viewed and seen that way, especially nowadays. People want to know. They want to see before they hear. And I'm just saying, okay, let's show them, right? Let's show them. Let's live the way that we're supposed to live. Treat people with respect in exchange for nothing in return. See, James says in chapter 1, let me read verse 27 to you right before he gets into this part about snobbery in chapter 2. He says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their time of trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Why does he use widows and orphans? Because we know there's more people that we need to help and more people that we need to take care of, right? I mean, you got poor, you got all kinds of things. Why does he use widows and orphans? If you really look at this, it's because widows and orphans, the way that the, in this time of society things went, happened, these were people that had nothing to reciprocate. They had nothing to offer back in return. They couldn't repay the favor. They couldn't repay a debt. They could go the rest of their lives and they'd never be able to give something back in exchange for what they received. And it's so powerful because James is saying, look, if you really want to get this thing down right, if you want this at the purest form that I'm talking about, you've got to understand that your conduct and the way you treat people in our world, the way you live, has got to be completely disconnected, unassociated, and unhinged with any personal gain that you would ever receive back from how you treat that individual it has to be totally separated from that granted you will get blessed there will be things that will come back to you it happens that way but he's going back a step further behind that and he's saying before you do it it can never be a part of the condition it can never be a part of the mentality it can never be a part of the mindset you are treating people with value and esteeming them and treating them with respect because that is what Jesus says to do. And that's the way the Bible calls us to live. Not because there's anything good that would come back from that. Because whenever we pull back, then we can start to really understand, you know what, it's God who does the blessing anyway. It's God who puts things in our hands and takes things out of them. It's God who brings favor upon us. It's God who blesses us. This is not in the hands of any man. God is the source of that. And when we can step back and see, just like it says in Proverbs chapter 11, it says in verse 25 in the NIV, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed 
himself. And so, look, it's a promise. We know that God is going to take care of us. He's going to bless us. You can bless someone who seemingly can offer you nothing in return and know that God is still going to continue to meet your needs and you're going to walk in favor and blessing all of your days. So nothing that you could do to try to slant to one person or another is going to somehow give you an advantage in life. It's not going to promote you in the eyes of God in any way that he can't do himself. And when we try to get that from men, when we try to kind of attach or hook on to get that from someone else and not from God, we immediately start kind of stepping off course and getting off the mark. I love, listen to this. Paul says this. This is one of my favorites too. Where is it at? In Galatians chapter two, he says, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Oh, I love that. Isn't that good? I mean, he's just like, whatever, you know. I mean, he's not belittling it. He's just saying, listen, I'm not getting something from a man that I get from God. Never going to. Not looking for that. Because I know God's going to take care of me. And I know as I treat people right, I'm going to be a witness and I'm going to be a vessel for him. And he can use me at any given time, in any given situation. And there's more people that I'm coming in contact with that are going to know other people that I'm coming in contact with. And I better make sure that I'm conducting myself upright every step of the way and showing love and showing value and esteeming people for the worth that they have. Amen. See, none of us are above or beneath anyone. Right? None of us are above or beneath anyone anyone we are all on the same playing field we're all sinners in the eyes of God and he died for each and every one of us though some may not receive it we are all on the same playing field we're not above or beneath anybody and everyone everyone has a story and if we'll take the time to listen and hear it we will find that anyone can offer us something that can help us and benefit us in our lives. I just encourage you, take a genuine interest in the lives of people that you come in contact with. What is their story? What have they been through? It's amazing to me as I get to know people more and hear more of what they've went through, it blows me away. There's so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much experience in the lives of each and every person that I can glean from. But more importantly, it helps me to love them at a deeper level. Like God wants us to. Everybody has a story. If I'll take the time to listen. I don't ever want to get in too big of a hurry that I brush someone off because I think I'm pursuing something that God has for me because I know if I ever treat someone wrong along the way, I've missed the mark. God will keep us moving forward and advancing in his divine plans and purposes and that rhythm of grace that only he can set the pace for. And we just have to walk in accordance and in tune with him along the way.
And just keep this in mind. You know, you can value the sinner without condoning the sin. This is really big, and this is where I think some people in the church kind of miss, get, get off course. Just because you value a person, you walk with them, you hang around them, you love on them, you esteem them, it doesn't mean you're condoning any kind of sin that they might be walking in. I mean, if you hung up on that, then you got to get that fixed because all that that does is show the sinner that you love them even with their sin, even in spite of it, and that you value them no matter what poor decisions or things that they might have done or might be walking in. Go ahead and stand your feet with me today. I'm going to wrap this up and JJ and Glory come up here. I just finish this off by saying, look, snobbery, partiality, it's totally contrary to the character of God. It couldn't be any further on the other end of the spectrum than the way God is and the way he wants us to treat other people. And so as we move along, and we come in contact with people and we're living our lives, just remember, authentic Christianity, genuine expression of what God died for all of us to have, a life of blessing, a life of favor, a life of purpose. And if we're going to walk the walk, we're going to stay consistent and true to the things that the Bible is teaching us. It's things like this that we've got to get a solid understanding of. We have got to get a hold of and walk this out the right way. Right? We don't, none of us, none of us like the way it feels to be looked down on, to be devalued, depreciated in any way for any reason whatsoever. Let's bow our heads. I want to pray, Father, just today in Jesus' name.